0: Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any room, we'll
1: break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true.
0: Welcome to the Night Net, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes, and...
1: I am Chris Jaiwardna. Hello.
0: We're here to review the season three episode, Laverne's Arranged Marriage, directed by Alan Rafkin and written by Emily Marshall. And I'm pretty sure Chris must have some facts about these folks.
1: Um, yeah, that's uh, Rafkin. I got to start getting more uh, details on because I mean, gosh, we're going to be here. He's going to be here a while. So I've got to have something to talk about. Um, main thing is, uh, in this episode, you get a chance to see him doing a little bit more work with, uh, his coverage and particularly he's really good at directing the actors in this one. This is, uh, this is more specifically regarding, you know, stuff that we'll talk about in the episode, but there's scenes towards the end that you can see he really, you know, TV directors don't typically get a chance to really work with the actors too much, per se. You're basically just there to make sure stuff gets done. But you can see that there's, you know, wherever you can, you make your you make your mark. I feel like you made it on this one. Yes. As to uh, the author of this episode, Emily Marshall, uh, Emily Pudla Marshall, I believe is how she's credited in the episode. Yes. Um, yes. It was her only episode of Laverne and Shirley, but she would write much more for television. Uh, She also was a Rhoda story editor for a handful of episodes and did some New Heart and Mary episodes in the 1980s.
0: Ah, it's neat. That is super cool. I didn't even know she had that much of a resume because I had never, ever heard what she did besides this one episode of Laverne and Shirley. And here is what said episode is about. Fearing that his daughter will end up single and alone, Frank brokers a marriage for Laverne with Vito, the son of a mozzarella magnet, via a matchmaker named Marcello. He expects Laverne to just go along with the ceremony, but his independent daughter throws a monkey wrench into his plans, resulting in a full-on estrangement and the silent treatment. In the end, it's up to Shirley to set things right between the two warring factions of Clan DeFazio. Meanwhile, an eavesdropping Lenny and Squiggy mishear Frank's attempt at matchmaking and come to believe that he's trying to have them killed results in a whole lot of buttering up for Laverne and Frank. What do you think of this episode?
1: I remember as you were going through, we were watching this together and you kind of warned me, I was going to be really mad at Frank. Oh boy, was I mad at Frank
0: for a lot
1: of reasons. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: That said, it confronted the issue head on and I enjoyed that about it especially given that it's set during the 1950s when in the old country, you know, quote unquote, the old country for those that had come to America, that was still, you know, practices were still going on of setting up arranged marriages and things of that nature and dealing with the fact that finally generations pass enough that uh, the kids have to start either part of it is assimilated into the culture of the United States. And also it's that the times are changing. More independence is being, is being had by the youth and, um, and I think they handled it really well, and the performances are fantastic throughout. And there's a lot to get into, so yeah. I, yes, yes. So yes. It, it's to, I enjoyed it, despite yeah, the fact it's uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. To kind of see things from Frank's perspective, his marriage to Laverne's mother, Josephine, was arranged, mm. and they were very happy together and very much in love. So he looks at his daughter and thinks she's depriving herself of true love. So that kind of explains his motivation. But it's a really bad motive if you really think about it in the long run, just as Shirley points out, because she's not picking and choosing the person she wants to be with. Mm-hmm. She's just going with this guy that his fa- that her father thinks is great. And he might not be. He might not be good for her. He might treat her badly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that it's even this arranged marriage with somebody that basically looks like a godfather gangster type, you know, and... um. I mean, even the guy that he's the the matchmaker he's he comes that uh, uh, the, the Martino comes in with is you know they look like Italian gangster characters out of movies you know they, they yes. you know it's, it makes perfect sense for Lenny and Squiggy to make the mistake. Yep. And
0: yep. 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 Oh, Lenny and Squiggy. They try so hard in this episode. Oh my buy. god, they <laughs> do. That, they do. Everything they can think of, they throw at the wall here. Mm
1: Hmm. Yeah, I love the uh as I was talking about Rafkin directing, you know, with more sense of coverage. I mean, I love yeah. the wonder who he could hate that much and the pause, the cut, the cut, the realization. <laughs> and then just it jumps immediately to, you know, but I don't want to get my legs broken. That's <laughs> uh, so good.
0: Paul oh, Lenny from the Italian section of Poland.
1: Oh god. Oh <laughs> god. I forgot that line. Oh man. <laughs>
0: Spooky's line is even better that his mother has known Italian men intimately. Oh, <laughs> this is so good! Uh, that is definitely getting crap past the radar. That is beautiful.
1: No kidding. Um, but going back to the to uh, Nick Martino, the Mozzarella King, which I love. That's yes. his, that's that's his name and that's his profession. I guess apparently he went into the cheese business instead of joining his relative in making 1970s exploitation and giallo movies. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that s- subtle. And you know what? You can look that up if you like. If you get the joke, great. If you don't, we're good. Move on. Um, but you know, but uh, Martino is played really well. I love that. Uh, yes. and I love, I looked up who the actor that plays him is because I mean, this it's a walk on role. He makes all this presence. It's Johnny Desmond, um, known for uh, Blansky's beauties again. Um, but primarily was a singer in the 40s, 50s, and 60s uh, and was even a member of the Bobo Links and occasionally worked as an occasional B-movie actor in the 50s and 60s, mostly, you know, TV guest uh, guest spots. Um, mm-hmm. so, tragically, though, this was his last on-screen role before his death in 1985. Now, he may have been doing other oh. music stuff that just doesn't show up on IMDb, but I thought that was interesting. That's
0: what um, I had no idea that that's what he was doing. Yeah. He knew that he had the history of it.
1: But uh, yeah, oh. I, I, but I mean, I love even just the way he gestures you. It's like, you got a nice place. you do not pretty good, huh? You know, I mean, it's, it's, oh man, just lay it on thick, thick, thick. It makes me wonder what that mozzarella tastes like. You know, it's like this, this, yeah. like, do you bite into this bits of mozzarella? You put that mozzarella on your pizza, you bite into it. It's, and it's just, it's like this, you know, thickness, this thick gooiness of like, of stereotype, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to put, why am I trying to personify yeah, yeah. my mozzarella cheese? I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs>
0: Just huh. think of the lasagna and the pizza. Just
1: think and of lasagna, the note, and the, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's it's, yeah. I talk a lot like this anyway. Um,
0: and the caprese salad.
1: Yeah. So okay, I saw this this bit this in my notes. I love the line from Edna, but Frank, we don't need a matchmaker. That was so yeah. cute. It's that so cute.
0: Old. They're so cute. I'm surprised Edna doesn't nail Frank more strongly to the wall in regards to his plans for Laverne. Oh to yeah. Be honest. Yeah. Because. That's the kind of nonsense she would not stomach. So it's interesting that she doesn't pop up.
1: Oh, my chronological notes go dot, dot, dot. Oh, God, Frank, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is an unpopular episode in fandom for a reason. Mostly because of Frank's way, way over the top bullshit. You will do what I say. Attitude. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, A lot of people are not here. For him treating her that poorly and then there's the hint that he might smack her just for saying no and which is awful <laughs> beyond awful yeah and um the fact that he's almost willing to uh put honor and pride and what he thinks will make her happiest over what will actually make her happiest it's sad it's sad in a lot of ways But, you know, you know why he's doing it. But on the other hand, the fact that he's not listening to her at all, it's it's Mm -hmm. extra sad. Extra sad. sad. Yeah. And they're surely trying to help out. Being awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. We were talking about the in the pact episode a few episodes ago of Laverne going, you know, really trying to go the the, uh, go to bat for their friendship. Um, Yes. And I love seeing Shirley go to bat for Laverne's happiness. And it, it's yes. it's it's sort of like how, because we've, we've had her, you know, literally say, you know, I dream for you too. And this is yes. her showing, she's trying to make sure that dream can be possible.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, I love that she just flat out calls Frank a mean old man. Just mm-hmm. flat out calls him a mean old man. And even though he's over there crushing beer cans, they're like crushing... These things are filled with beer. She gives not a darn. She does not care. She's going to stand up for her best friend. Indeed. And just the way she just sets that uh, fake uh, that fake uh, flash forward.
1: Right. Oh, God.
0: Really nice. Square head, no neck.
1: <laughs> Regarding Shirley, I'm wondering if they're one of the reasons why she... Um, is in this generous mood is we sort of, est- we kind of smartly establish where things are going with her and Carmine. Um, yeah. my note here is, Oh no, this was actually cute for a minute. Um, yes. where they've gone on, looks like a date, like old times. And, yep. um, and I, I still have my note. Don't manipulate her. You expletive here. <laughs> um, and it's like he almost earned that kiss, in my opinion. Almost, yeah. you know, they try to shake yeah. their hands, and then Cheryl gives it to him anyway. Um,
0: yeah. They're kind of officially back together as of this episode. Yeah, kind of, kinda. they're going to be on and off uh, for a few more episodes, and then by the time season four rolls around, they become hot and heavy and more committed. Wow! But yeah. um, this is the start of something bigger. Right. They're starting to come
1: back together bit by bit and step by step. So, so. my, to my, so exactly. And that's what I, I agree that's, that at least, at least from what I'm saying, I feel like what you're saying is coming is getting yeah. established here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you have Shirley singing, you know, happily after the, after the date and after the kiss yeah. and someday my prince will come, you know, and yep, it feels like yep. she's doing good. And when she sees Laverne doing poorly, she wants to intervene, you know, And true Shirley, yes. you know, form she wants to intervene and yes. make sure that, I'm doing well. I need you to do well. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. She wants her best friend to be as happy as she is. Exactly. And that, that's the ultimate theme of the show. Everyone loves each other. The two of them love each other and ain't nothing getting between them. ain't nothing going to tear them apart. Yep. Except for behind the scenes bullshit. But anyway, we'll get to that (laughs) (laughs) later. Anyway, Uh, there's an entire Carmine number that gets excised right off the front of the DVD cut of this episode. Oh, dang. It just gets chopped right off. In the syndicated version that airs, even on Logo and on MeTV, you will get that full musical number. Where there's more pattern with uh, Lenny and Squiggy fighting, which leads to their alarm wrestling moments. So Interesting. That gets cop- chopped out. It's, it's really annoying Yeah. chop that out. It's kind of yeah. cute.
1: I mean, it's not like we're at, li- listen, listen, CBS, we're not asking for you to somehow exhume the pie fight scene from Dr. Strangelove here. This is actually doable.
0: Yeah. Uh, there are full episodes of this show, almost every, I think it's actually every single episode that ever aired. Hmm. That, that sit in preservation at the Paley Center hmm. in New York. So those edits exist. They have been preserved. And all CBS has to do is put them out. And they have not. And they refuse to. And it's like, we're willing to give you money. Let us give you money. We want to give you money. You won't buy
1: them. I mean, I, if, if that is the case, I have literally bought a sitcom twice. If yeah. you know me, you know that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. It's so special. The show is special. Yeah, it... you could go to the Paley Center, sit down, and watch this, these episodes uncut in the wow. original condition in which they are. And the only other place you can see them uncut are on the Columbia House VHS tapes uh, that were released uh, back in the zeroes, back in the late 90s, right around that time period. But that's the only place uncut episodes exist for this show, and it's ridiculous that they put them out cut on DVD. Just they should not be syndication edits except for the music rights nonsense. This is my dumb little opinion. These everybody's opinion. It's everybody's opinion
1: at this yeah. point. It, it's a lot of it's a lot of fans' opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a case of if there was something that's cut, you know, I mean, it's it should be there, yeah. you know, it should be it should be understood, it should be there. We should be, you know, the ones to judge. Anyway. Yes. Um. But yeah, that was. It's always. I did feel like in this one, it's a cleaner cut than we've seen in others, yeah. at least from an audio perspective. Although the music substitution yeah. helps a lot uh, that they put in, because I think it yeah. helps cover up the the edits. Yeah. But yeah. Ah, uh, sigh. 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 Sigh.
0: The only musical substitution that I've ever found egregious is the one that they use. And look for your until They cut out uh, once the uh, that is called. Da-da-da. Once in love with Amy, always in love. The so thing is, just once in love with Amy. Yeah, Frank Sinatra number that Carmine is singing, and they mutilate the audio because they have to cut out all the singing. But you're also missing the audience reactions, like the roaring. When they find out Laverne's not pregnant. And um, little bits of uh, reaction from the guys and from Edna, and it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It should have been paid for, and that's my dumb little opinion. It's,
1: it's it's an it's an opinion. It's not a dumb little opinion. It's an opinion. Besides, we have we have a podcast. We don't have dumb little opinions. We have opinions that yeah. get spouted off on every week, and no one can stop us.
0: <laughs> power, unlimited power.
1: Speaking of unlimited power, I suspect that is where Laverne, I'm beginning to realize, I have this theory. Laverne's courage comes from the L on her wardrobe. Because that would explain, if she is running away, she had to get layers and layers and layers of Ls on top of her. And making sure that she is never, ever going to be powerless out there in the big mean world.
0: As a superhero power producing L's, replicates L's everywhere. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but I love that I love how the audience is so into the layers. You can hear so many laughs that she takes off another layer and there's yeah. another L take another layer. There's another yeah. L. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's, it's yeah. I wanna say it's like five five layers, I think, total. And she almost takes up her sweater, yeah. which she's just got her bra on underneath, which you can even see through it on the reverse shot. But uh Yeah. And it's just like, oh boy. It, it, yeah. Was, yeah. Was it also was it just me or was that were those pants very like Almost anachronistic, practically, with the stripes.
0: Ah, uh, kinda. Uh, what's more egregious is the collar on Carmine's shirt uh, in The Cruise Part One, which we're about to review next episode. Yes, uh, I know what you're talking about. It's a huge ass, wide butterfly collar, which you should not have at right, all. Right. And that happens repeatedly Ugh. on the show in the men's wardrobe department. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Ah, well but anyway um,
0: it's not a great door gag this episode had a great door gag god yes it does
1: it. yes yeah. <laughs> if you marry Vito well you know what your kids would look like Club. hello <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I love another line they get past the censors um, uh, you know when I when I get done plumbing up your pipes you can kiss keep kiss your leaks goodbye I don't know maybe that's just my <laughs> brain taking it a certain way yeah no,
0: some fairly innocent, they could be taken in dirty fashion, so yeah, borderline, borderline. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh. Uh, I loved that one moment where Lauren's saying that she wants to be happy in her marriage. And yes. Frank goes, nobody's happy, and yells at the, yells at everybody <laughs> that is eating at his restaurant. Everybody happy? And they go, eh, eh," (laughs) reaction. Yep, yep. That's funny. That's
1: super funny. I mean, if we're moving into that element, what I love overall about her confronting him is that the chemistry and the looks between each other, you can see that Phil and Penny have worked on these characters for so long that Pop and Laverne feel very real as father and daughter. The chemistry is there. The echoes of each other's behavior is there. Like you can yeah. see how Phil's done a little bit to adapt a bit of Penny's mannerisms. She's taking a little bit of Phil's mannerisms. And so they, uh, cause it reminds me when, when Joe Wright did, uh, he adapted Pride and Prejudice after he had done Atonement. And yeah. what he said, what he wanted to do with the film's casting was he wanted to choose actors whose personalities matched each other, that that's what made them seem like family. Like they didn't genetically look the same. You know, like appearance wise, like like same same hair, same eyes, but that you knew they were family by the way they acted, like the way that they held their hands, the way they spoke, the way they gestured. And that was how they they cast it. And here, what's great is you get to see with the long form of doing a TV series, they have the time to learn from each other and become more like each other and become more family in the performances.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, it's really beautiful actually. Come to think of it, it really is beautiful. There is a moment in season four uh, where they have to act out yet another argument that's as intense as this one in this mm-hmm. episode, and they do a beautiful job of it, and the way Penny moves her body, the way she squares her shoulders, and the way she holds her arms definitely reflects what Phil would do with his body running, which is a very, very nice acting moment. Look forward to that you're going to enjoy it. Nice. That just echoes what you just said.
1: Cool. Cool. Um, Let's see. I was
0: going to say, but...
1: but, uh, I did want to mention one thing in the argument. He does the double-fisted beer splash. You can see on the sides of frame, you can see the extras reacting to it, which I adore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I love the way they shot that. It's like... They, I, you know, can you imagine being a customer at the pizza bowl? Imagine being a customer at the pizza bowl as we imagined earlier. Yeah. Just imagine just trying to sit there and enjoy your pizza like an normal person. And this guy's just crushing, crushing bottles, looking at his daughter, crushing bottles, glaring at her. <laughs> and God, can you imagine what that feels like? Would you ever go eat there again? It de-
1: it depends. Okay, here's just... here's the thing. If I wore a poncho and a rain hat, yes. <laughs> you know, and I didn't mind getting a little beer on my pizza. Yeah, I I'd, I'd do it. I mean, come on, you can't beat the theater, you know? You you get dinner and a show. <laughs> yeah.
0: The old Evil Dead musical special, huh?
1: Yeah. Really? Hey, yeah. I know I know people who were in uh, a local version of that actually.
0: No way. Cool. Yeah. It's
1: uh, fun. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that later after the episode. Okay, yeah. Um cool. but yeah, the um ah. I, I it's it is a wild sensation of that. And I guess it kind of makes sense then that they they do hold off on the uh You know, the whole like the kind of the resolution of the of the episode until later when there's no one else around, because, you know, otherwise they would be I mean, people would be obviously rooting for it, but they also probably wouldn't get as intimate of a conversation out of that, you know, those circumstances. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's I, you got to figure there's either people that are annoyed as heck, or that is, these are people that are tourists that, you know, a couple of years from now are going to start telling the story. And so the only reason we're going to see more people to Pizza Bowl, like in say one to two years of the, of the show, they are people that the tourists from out of state, the folks from Illinois, folks from Michigan, etc. they're all saying, hey, you ever go to Wisconsin, avoid this place. There's the weirdest people. But, you know, the one thing is if you want a show, if you want to see something really strange, something interesting, go to the Pizza Bowl. They will always have some sort of thing happening. In their lives, yeah. uh, I'm just imagining now. Now I want there to be like people's fictional Yelp reviews for the for the pizza ball. Oh
0: my god, I would pay money to read those. <laughs> I pay money; it'd be great. Mm. Three out of five. Good pizza. The guy in charge keeps yelling.
1: <laughs> oh man! But God, that being all said, when the yelling stops. That is the evilest thing possible here, the silent treatment.
0: I would – oh, God, yeah, it's awful. Uh, That whole bit is perfectly thought out that anybody who has a difficult relationship with their parent will relate to what that feels like. Yeah. Yep. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. You feel so bad for LeBron. Yeah. And you appreciate Shirley's feisty, take no BS reaction to it. It just corners Frank and says, You're being mean. Stop mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, this episode makes it hard to like Frank in a lot of ways. Like, he'll regain the audience's love as time goes on. Jeez, sure, you want to punch him here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, my notes are yikes, yikes, this is pain. Oh, Jesus Christ, Pop, no. And yikes <laughs> again, and youch. Yes, that's basically...
0: Relatable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and the intimidation Gosh. with the beer can thing, God, I just yeah. I hate that stuff. I hate that stuff. It's yeah. something, you know, yeah, like yeah. My, my own temper used to do that with me, you know, and I, I used to react that way Um, long time ago. I thankfully haven't been like that in a, quite a while, but it's a very... Yeah that type of threat is just don't do that to people don't because you know the thing is yeah. you're going to regret it yourself more than anything and yeah. even if they forgive you whether and, and to be honest in some of the many of those cases they shouldn't um you know it, it's just it, it's and it's just a it's
0: just unnecessarily cruel yeah something unnecessarily, yeah. unnecessarily cruel on this part
1: yeah um frank has a situation here that i think kind of shows that he's got this difficulty with communicating you know and 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 we already sort of established you know that he you know rambles and you know he kind of turns into gibberish when he talks really fast he gets all excited and overwhelmed and what it is is like it's it's come from this place of like fear and rage, and uncontrollable rage and the only way he can control it is to create this sort of threatening wall around him of like don't touch me and um and the uh and, yeah, surely looking down the hurricane that, you know, looking yeah. down the tornado that she's dealing with here um, is incredibly commendable. That's, I guess, one of the the only yeah. upside, I guess, I can kind of say about this, even though, you know, one of the upsides is that, yes, this is, I think, more realistic. It's better acting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the way Shirley and the way Cindy plays it, too. I mean, like, I love how she yeah. pantomimes the baby to yes. him. Um, yes, yes. And then when he even pantomimes giving it back and then she pantomimes yeah. carrying it, you know, and like that yeah. connection, yeah. um, yeah. is, is very
0: yeah. beautifully active.
1: Yeah. That's the word I was thinking. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's going to have to work to redeem that.
0: Laverne starts to cry. The baby starts to cry. Frank's little Frankie starts to cry. Jack Parr starts to cry. Jack Parr, Jack always, Parr always, cries. always cries. Yes. Yes 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 beautiful Mm. beautiful funny funny as heck and also touching this episode strikes such a nice balance between actually ripping your heart out because you feel so bad for laverne and being really funny yeah all stuff with the boys is funny um that tag scene is touching and funny at the same time. Tag scene is one of the best tag scenes that.
1: Oh, certainly. Yeah. The, so the nickname. Strong. The nickname.
0: Yeah. Messy pants. Uh, <laughs>
1: Cindy and I love the audience reaction to it. It's yeah. so good.
0: Yeah. Can I be kitten princess? Can I? Can I please? For uh. surely she wants a dad so badly yeah uh, uh, i
1: don't know i don't know maybe maybe some point that'll that'll get fixed at some point in the future uh. that's that's not that's not me making something inappropriate that gets your mind out of the gut i got you know, i
0: nah. wasn't thinking of filth i was thinking about the end of canon that's all I'll say.
1: oh no okay
0: i'll that. say nothing
1: Oh, now I feel Coffee. worse. Okay. So let me, let me, you're, my brain bleach my, this out of my brain, but you know, one of the most poignant parts of this, this, this ending, the conclusion and they're trying to make up at the end. Yeah. And I love what you mentioned that the two layers, you know, I don't think he's good enough for you. And it's like, did you know he's got no neck? And she, like, just a little <laughs> on. And you know, I'm not a kid anymore, pop. And he goes, I don't know where it happened, yeah. but you became a woman as yes. yeah. Time does it better. It does that. And then he's like, you know, you're not my little muffin no more. Oh to to which I have a response to that. You don't have a little, muff, little muffin no more, Frank, but you got a big Costco muffin. That's even better.
0: <laughs> he has an English, he has a crumpet. He yeah. He has a crumpet now. There he goes. He has a crumpet. He has uh, one of those huge cruffins now. One of those yes. huge um, yes. king-sized muffins. The Texas muffin. He has a Texas muffin. Yes. Those those giant muffins <laughs> that uh, are twice the size of your hand.
1: Uh, yeah. Great. Now I'm trying to figure out. What do I I'm want? A hungry. Texas <laughs> What do I want more? A family-sized pizza or a Texas muffin? Hmm.
0: Mm. Have <sighs> one
1: in the morning. Have one. Have the other now.
0: Eh. <laughs> you yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna mention the story with the boys does not get a resolution, does it?
1: No, it does not. <laughs> it
0: um. Not.
1: What you know would be what? interesting is if it had res- what? Okay. Like this is just okay. If I may fan, fan you know fan on fan headcanon for a second. Yeah. The boys are going down a dark street and they're, they're skittish, looking around. They know that anything could happen at any time. They turn the corner and there he is, Nick Martino, the mozzarella king. They they kneel, they beg, they sob until finally Nick steps towards them, puts his ring to the to the lips for a kiss and then says, "You're going to only eat my cheese on any pizza, sandwich or lasagna that you have for the rest of your life and they say yes yes cheese father yes cheese father yes and he nods he goes to his car and he drives away
0: that's, good. that's fun come that's on that's fun that's good that's good uh the easy solution would just be to have the two of them uh, walk in without everybody's hugging at the end of the tag scene oh yeah and then they try to get involved in the hug and everybody's grossed out yeah <laughs> there you there's, there's your there's your button scene that's, that's good that's
1: good yeah, but overall it's it's very sweet and the ending does work in a very Gary Marshall kind of way, but oof oof yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. it's an emotionally taxing episode
1: yeah yeah, taxing yeah, yeah. Uh, so so what are we what do we rate in this one?
0: Oh, this one is a solid eight for the. I love the dramatic parts of it. I love the learning and subplot. It just needs a resolution, I'm disappointed it doesn't have one. Uh, All the acting is superb. Um, Everything about Laverne and Shirley's friendship as Shirley just stands up and gets between Frank and Laverne and says, no, shut up, you're going to be good to her or else. Is wonderfully handled. Mm-hmm. I could have used a little bit more Edna, I think, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, you know, otherwise, I don't have too many complaints about this one. It's probably heart-rending. Frank learns the right lesson. It's not about Laverne learning the lesson. He has to learn it. So I really like this one. What's your ranking
1: Cool. So I had set it a little lower, and when I wrote it down, which I'm I'm realizing after this session of recordings, I'm not going to do that again. Um, Because my mind has a tendency to change as we discuss the episode, because as I go through my notes, I realize, oh, yeah, I really love that part, or I really dislike this part. So for this one, I think I'm going to give it like a seven and a half to an eight. Um, Yeah. I think what it is is just that viscerally, I responded very strongly to uh, to Frank's behavior. Cause I just, I've, I've had family members that have been like that. I've had, I've heard so many stories within families that have been like that of, you know, family expectations. So there's, there's kind of loaded elements for me, but the way it resolves the story, you're right. I mean, and absolutely the performances make this so powerful to watch and it's, it's taxing, but it's good. It's really good. Um, I mean, it's no, you know, it's like as it's taxing for a sitcom. It's not, uh. Yes. Yeah, especially one that we're we are super invested in now. It's not, uh, say, yeah. uh, you know, was it scenes from a marriage or something? You know, it's no. not. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not for
0: a lighthearted show. It's, that's why it's emotionally taxing.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think seven, and a, seven and a half, probably close to an eight, but like it just, I guess the thing is, here's the thing for me and why I'm taking off half point is just. As 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 a guy, as a person, as I'm getting older, I look at how other men treat women in these situations, and as I understand, there are these traditions, and I do. I understand why Frank is doing this because he is concerned about Laverne's well being, but his lack of communication, when she clearly has no problem, would love to talk with him. She doesn't have the barriers that he does, Um, and he has a supportive, you know space around him with now with Edna, Edna working on him and needling him as we'll see actually coming up, you know, Edna even fusses over fusses with them at times, which is adorable. Yeah. And I guess it's just, it's, it's to, to me is like that half point is a reminder of men. We can do better. Men need to do better. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and so that's anyway, that's, that's me. and That's my yeah. point.
0: Uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. This is just, it's good to me. Why it's good to me is because it's so good at taking a look at this modern girl, modern for that era, and her old fashioned dad, and just pits them against one another. But in the end, they love each other too much to just give in to the strife. And in the end, they love each other, and that's what's important, no matter what kind of values they subscribe to.
1: I like that. It's a good point. Cool. It's
0: it's a darn good episode. I do like this episode. I like it more upon rewatching it. Yeah. It was interesting to me. I liked it more the second time around. Yeah. Well, the millionth time around, to be frank, because I've watched this one too many times, the whole show yeah for second time second time around in uh, of the rewatch cycle that we're doing for the, shit, the podcast
1: right right good job <laughs> that's it uh, any
0: 40 bajillion times i've seen the episode though
1: right oh yeah no i i have those oh, yeah. of uh, i have those for my shows i have those for my gumby I have those for some of my godzilla movies yeah. yeah god that made me feel like that made me feel very much like a seven-year-old child <laughs> saying that Yeah. Uh, yeah Anywho, um, so I guess, yeah, I guess I'll do it for today. Yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
1: Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much so much for being here. I'm just kind of slurring cause we're kind of at the end of a long recording session. I still have a cold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. so, uh, if you would like to know more, please uh, join us on the social media as we can be found at night after night pod on Facebook, Tumblr and WordPress, as well as our YouTube channel where we have videos like this and, uh, of these podcast episodes. We probably should do something more on the channel by the time this episode goes live. But, uh, if you would like to be a little more direct, we also are on Twitter at night After night PC. Uh, we help out with some of the watch alongs that other people in the Laverne and Shirley fandom do. And, um, I've started doing animated, uh, images animated images is what I'm going to say. So I know I got yelled at again and, uh, and so, uh, Uh, so anyway, yeah, please join us for that. And, um, so next time, uh, we'll have something kind of special, I think. Yeah. Next time.
0: Next up, we have the show's first two parter. Uh, it's about the girls going on a cruise on sultry, on the sultry, great lakes. Uh, Shirley falls in love with an ensign? A bird falls in love with multiple sailors and throws up a lot. This is the cruise. Parts one and two.
1: Excellent. Well, hopefully you'll cruise along back onto our podcast. Join us next time. Thank you very much. I am starting to fade, so I'm just gonna let my voice fade and drift away as I spin my chair this way. Bye. <laughs>
0: Thank you for being our sibling in Italianhood. Bye now.